What's up, everybody? This is Camera Work Podcast. I am John Ricard, and thank you for tuning in. So today we have a guest. This is the second podcast in a row. The guest is my lovely wife, Tamara. Hi, everybody. Right. So we, we're going to talk to Tamara about something specific in a minute, but let's talk about something else first. So there was some really big news in the world of photography last week. What was that, Tamara? Uh, Leica came out with an M10. Yeah, she knows, not because she cares. She <laughs> knows because this is all I talk about all mm -hmm. day. And I was really excited that they were coming out with a new camera because there's some serious problems with the previous two digital cameras. So I was excited, hoping they would fix what is wrong with the previous two. And it looks to me like they really, really got it right. Like they made a camera that is smaller than the two previous cameras, has fewer buttons than the previous cameras. and. The number one problem for me, which is the buffer, they finally fixed it. So on JPEG, we can shoot like 100 pictures now, and in RAW plus JPEG, you're going to get like 30 shots before you hit the buffer. So that's a, a really big deal to me. Okay, like I'm holding right now the, um, the monochrome, the original monochrome, the M9 monochrome, and this is what the buffer is like on that camera. Watch when I hit the buffer. Here we go. Listen. That's Exciting. It. Well, I, I may be boring to sit and listen to the sound of a shutter, <laughs> yeah. but I'm saying I did eight pictures and I can't take another picture. Right? I'm gonna try again. One shot, and that's it. So the buffer was a huge problem with that camera. I hit that buffer all the time. Even if I'm just trying to take a picture of two people talking to each other, I need more than eight shots to make sure that the person on the left that their face looks right and the person on the right that their face looks right. I need more than eight shots to nail that. You can't do it on an M9. M240 was a little better, but still not good enough. But the M10 looks like they really, really got it right. So I'm excited. I already put in my pre-order. Are you ordering it as definitely, well? Definitely, definitely, definitely. My pre-order is in and ready to go. No, she doesn't have a pre-order in, trust me. <laughs> but the thing that drives me crazy with Leica every single time though, is the way they market their stuff. It really drives me crazy. Do you realize when they introduced this camera, okay, everybody of course is in like a suit and tie and it's like this black tie event. I guess it's in Germany, whatever. And they talk up the camera a bit, kind of like Steve Jobs. Yeah, it was on my IG stories. Yeah, everybody they, was wearing a tuxedo and right. I don't know. They had some old camera there that they were showing off to. Right, and my wife does, Tamara doesn't do anything photo related really in terms of Instagram, but the Leica brand is very well known to the point that it still showed up on your feed, even I, though you're not. Because I'm following them, that's why. Oh, you are following them, I, I am, didn't yeah. know that. Okay, but here's the point. At the point where they finally go, okay, here's the M10. They have a guy that looks like a butler. He walks out in a tuxedo, he's carrying a silver tray, mm. and the camera is on the tray and the guy's wearing white gloves mm. as they walk the camera out. And I just go like, who does the marketing for these guys? Like, there's nothing cool about that. You don't want to show it. Like, the, the, the thing that they get, that people dislike on is that there's this perception that it's only being used by dentists, it's a collector's item, and mm -hmm. no one really uses the camera or whatever. And of course, there is some truth to that, really, for two reasons. One, up to this point, the camera has been inadequate in a lot of ways. Again, if you can only take eight pictures, that's not a professional tool, end of story. Even mm -hmm. if it's only taking like 15, like the M240, it's not a professional tool. And then the second problem, of course, is it's so expensive that a lot of guys who are really in the trenches, these stringers making 300 bucks a gig, they can't afford a $7,000 camera with a $6,000 lens on it. Mm -hmm. So people really aren't using it professionally. They're not using it not because it's not a good camera. They're not using it for those 
other reason. So if they make an M10 that fixes what's wrong with the M9 and the M240, in my view, you actually could get some professionals using the camera because it is a beautiful camera when it's working properly mm -hmm. for what you're shooting. But don't market the camera with a butler coming out with white but That's clothes. how they want to market it. That's, it for them, that's class and Hermes of cameras, I guess, right? Right, like, but that's just not the approach. And the funny thing that's is... That's not the approach that appeals to you. It's, I, don't think it's, I think it's a dumb approach, period, because you're playing into what everybody perceives as the weakness of the brand. Well, the audience that I saw is, I would say, you know, the audience that might want to see a butler with a white glove and all this other Right, but it, it, to, me it's just, it, to me it's a really big mistake. And then they put out these pictures of a guy like using the camera. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's like you think of like GoPro, right? All the GoPro advertising is guys that jump it off cliffs with their GoPro. They're skiing down these like mountains that look like, you know, like world-class skiing things. They're kayaking or whatever. But what's the reality for GoPro? You go to Disneyland, there's 35 people walking around you with a GoPro, filming themselves talking to, you know, uh, the princess, mm -hmm. some girl dressed as a princess. Nobody's really living that lifestyle, but that's what they paint. And even when you see the advertising for Nike, People might be, though. You're just, you just might not yeah, be in that arena to see people. Okay, granted, I'm not right, painting and like, off Exactly. Clips, but I'm just saying, we know nobody's really jumping off that. Well, clips. I think what you, what you might want to say is that you don't necessarily only have to target one particular group since there are other groups out there that might be interested in the product. Right, but what I'm, what I'm saying or is Or might that, be using the product, not just But to me, interested. what you do is, like, but, but anyway, so, again, so that's the advertising for, say, GoPro. Right. Like, what do they have? They've got this guy in, like... It's like a tweed jacket Benson. and these pictures. He's got what to me looks like a purse. And let him wear his purse. He's, these guys wear <laughs> a purse. And I guess the camera goes in the purse. I don't know. But you don't want to be him. Okay. That's not who you want to be. What they should be doing is... Like, let me know who they want to be. Go it's ahead. supposed to be something dramatic. It's uh -huh. supposed to be like, it's three in the morning. You know, you're on documentary thing. You're photographing the bloods in Chicago. And, you know, like, whatever. Uh, thank God you've got your Leica okay. by your side. Yeah, you've like, lost me. I'm gone. That's, but that's okay. the fantasy. I mean, again, it's not <laughs> Okay, be, that's the fantasy. Because it gonna, sounds like a fantasy. But it's go the ahead. fantasy, but okay. the same as GoPro. Who's really jumping out of all of these airplanes? There are people the doing that. First of all, if everybody was jumping out of airplanes. Not maybe jumping out of airplanes, but I think there are people like who are skiing or who are water yeah, but they're not skiing sporting down the hill or whatever. That's shown in the GoPro ad. Maybe not that you hill, know, but like, there's some type of hill that they're going down. They're on like Fred's ski mountain. Then resort. that's where they are, oh, exactly. It's, it's not that dramatic. And frankly, GoPro is doing terrible right now. And in my view, mm -hmm. the reason they're doing terrible is because so many regular people bought the camera. And that's a niche product. It's fantastic at what they really showed it for, jumping off a cliff. Mm -hmm. It's great. But if you're like taking a trip to Paris with your friend, that is not the camera you should have bought. Your phone would have been a way better choice to shoot video on. Mm -hmm. But I know at least five or six people who own a GoPro who have no business using a GoPro. <laughs> the, the field of view is so wide. The shade. And you can't even view the picture you're filming. It just right. makes no sense. It's a bad choice. Again, if those people were all jumping off cliffs, it would have been a good choice. But I think so many people aren't jumping off cliffs. That's why the brand is doing bad because people mm -hmm. who bought it should not have bought it. But the only point I'm making with Leica is like 
the, the marketing, it's just so crazy. Like you don't show that Well, it's guy. a marketing that might work for them. It might appeal to them, appeals just, to their audience. It's a marketing that's never that give is. them respect in a photographic world. And okay. like I said, I think they already to... have respect in the photographic world. No, no? they don't. Maybe they... not in the pro photography. That's all I'm talking about. Bro. Right. So they're not looking for that. If they were looking for that, then they would well, certainly they market it to that. Because the camera is a fantastic. But the, but the camera, like you said, the tool itself can't do the work no, in the pro world. No, because with the M10 as a smaller camera, that does fix the buffer issues. Mm -hmm. It's finally good at low light. Now you finally made the camera that can do the fix. Well, we're let's just talking see. fantasy. We'll see. Well, I, I'm sure I, I'm going to know soon. Exactly. Like in. you haven't even used the camera. Have you I ever bet, touched no, the camera? No. But have you ever, have you touched the camera? First of all, I've touched an M240. It doesn't, and, and, and you, and you just showed us that you can only take but eight pictures. On the M9. Okay. On this one, you can take so more what, pictures. So what, like uh, 12 on this one? No, on the next this one? you're going to get up to 30 raw plus JPEG oh. and 100 JPEG. And sometimes oh, okay. you are just And how JPEG. many do you shoot on the Nikon? The Nikon is endless, but I've never okay. needed more than about 40. So, so I mean, but what is, what's the rebuffer after the 30? How long do you well, have you to wait? Well, you can still shoot. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. Okay. They finally got it right. Don't <laughs> okay. worry. All I'm Let's just trying to say is what they really should do is change the branding to the fantasy of what we want to be. And I know nobody okay. is really shooting, you know, the, the well, homeless. Well, I guess there are people out there who want to be served by a butler with yeah, white gloves. Yeah, but don't gloves cater to them. And like, Again, just look at the advertising for Nikon and Canon. It's mm -hmm. always the fantasy if you're shooting a big sports game, mm -hmm. you're on a mountain, whatever. And no one's really doing that. No, everybody's just shooting a kid to play. Okay. But, but play into that <laughs> fantasy for the brand. Don't play into like this guy in a tweed suit carrying a purse. Looks like he doesn't want to get dirty. Like it's, it's just not the fantasy. Well, it might not be necessarily yeah. like an American fantasy. It's just, I just know it's that not It my might fantasy, be a German fantasy to be know. served on a tray or and, something. And what I would do is I would take a guy, like there's a, there's a photographer I follow on Instagram named Rudy Roy. Mm -hmm. This guy's work is phenomenal. Like it's the kind of work you just wish you could shoot. Like when you bought a camera, you bought it because you wished you could shoot like this guy. And he does, like he'll shoot people on the street and he does it with such compassion. He'll mm -hmm. just go walking around in parts of Brooklyn and he's talking to people like, how's the job situation going for mm -hmm. you? You know, how's uh, raising your kids going? Just how are the struggles of everyday life in Brooklyn going for you? And there's so much compassion in the caption that he writes. And a lot of his work was being done on the Leica. You know, I met, I met him on the street one time. I just saw some guy with a Leica. I'm like, hey, can I get your Instagram? Let me just see what you shoot. Oh, okay. And the work, blew me away mm -hmm. and it's funny he had the uh, EVF on the camera which what does that it, mean uh, it's like an electronic viewfinder on top okay. and he had the grip on the camera which instantly made me think he wasn't a real shooter because the more you trick out the camera mm. usually that just means you're not really serious about shooting with it and when I saw this guy's Instagram I was shocked it was some of the best like street photography and mm -hmm. journalistic photography that I've seen possibly in my life I mean I love the work that much I was mm. blown away I would love to have this guy in a podcast, man. He's amazing. But anyway, but that's a guy who... Was that the plug? That, that's the commercial. <laughs> that's the plea. Let's call that's that a plea. plea. That's okay. a plea. But the point is, like, that's the guy who I would be trying to show. Like, here's a guy okay. in Brooklyn who's out on the streets in Bushwick capturing it's real true. human stories. I agree, but maybe there can be different marketing. Like, maybe there's, like, an American marketing well, versus, you know, more of, like, maybe right. a European Apple marketing where it Apple might be... Apple will market the products right. differently. I, I think a lot right. of big companies do that. I right. think, you know, according to the demographics, people definitely have different interests or... Right. Um, that would be smart. And mm -hmm. if, again, so if you're going to do the guy in the tweed jacket, then at least do a guy like this, Rudy Roy, and showcase him. And the funny thing is, is he's starting to get all this work now on like National Geographic and Time Magazine. Mm -hmm. They're turning over their Instagram accounts to him for him to go cover, you know, like protests 
in Washington and things like that. Mm -hmm. And the posts that I saw today were done with the Fuji, mm. like the Fuji X-T2. And I'm like, my God. How do you we, know? What did he say that it was done with the Fuji? I, yeah, he tagged it. Fuji. Oh, okay, okay. And I'm like, did we lose the one Leica guy that was doing real work with the Leica? The one guy. Oh, dramas. Who, who wasn't wearing the tweed jacket and walking around with a purse. Did we lose that guy to Fuji? Like, that would suck. They should have been catering to this guy. Like, we need you for the brand, and we need to show you on Bushwick mm -hmm. at 11 p.m. at night telling these human stories and not this guy with the damn tweet jacket. I hope Leica's listening. I, I hope they are, man, because <laughs> to me, that don't let that guy go to Fuji, man. His work is too good. You All want right. that for the brand in a modern sense. But in any event, uh, we I brought you, well, I, I would say I, I brought you on the podcast for a specific reason, but in truth, we had to drive into the city to drop our daughter somewhere, and then I have a casting rental today at one o'clock, and I had an hour to kill, so I'm like, let's do the podcast, and we thought of something that we could talk about with you, right. and we came up with. Uh, what are we going to discuss? The We're going to discuss a book the, we read A recently. free PDF. It's like about 77 pages, so, so it's a really small uh, piece of reading material, and it's called The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. Yeah, I think somebody had mentioned it on a blog, yeah. the title, The Science of Getting Rich. I'm like, let's, let's look into it. And I know you mm -hmm. and I are rich in love. Definitely. But we figured, you know, let's get rich in money as well. <laughs> so you were reading the book, and just what were some of the takeaways that you got from the book? It really goes just into the power of thought, and I believe it inspired uh, the author, so the signs of getting rich basically talks about these principles as well. And the first principle highlighted in the book is the principle of thought, right? Because our thoughts are really, really powerful, whether we um, know it or believe it, right? And you can't shape a thing until you thought of it. And that's the very first thing that is mentioned in the book. So, and, and we've seen and heard that everywhere like in order for a man to travel to the moon right when i say man i mean just humans right. to get to the moon first we have to think that we can get to the moon right someone has to visualize an iphone before you can create correct it. it's a thought it's a thought before it's a reality it can't mm -hmm. be a reality until someone thinks of correct it. and if Absolutely. you can think of it it can become a reality right, right? and our rea realities can be disastrous and it can be great Right? It just right. really depends on how you think, what you think, and how you believe. So, you know, these things really do shape us, how right. we think, how we, definitely that translates into how we behave. Right. So what are they saying that we're supposed to be thinking in the book? Um, just, you should be thinking uh, in a way to increase life, right? In order to know more, you have to do more. And to do more, we must have more. And, uh, and this book basically talks about money, but I think it does transfer just into uh, living a broader life. In order for us to live a, a life that is well-lived, we do need money, and that's just the base of it, for us to have decent health care, for us to eat well, for us to have appropriate shelter, appropriate clothing. We do need money to do all those things. And um, practicing gratitude, that's major. So when you do get these things that you wish, and, and, and mind you, you're not just wishing for, because you know we, we're not just going to be dreamers in this. In order for us to actually have these materialistic things, we really do need to, to have purpose and to work well, for one it. One second. That's mm -hmm. actually one of the flaws in the secret, mm -hmm. because the secret actually says 
You don't have to work. You do have to work. You simply <laughs> need to believe that these right. things can and will which, come, which and isn't they true. Magically, no. Will come. If you all, if all you're doing is believing, then you're just dreaming. Yeah, that's what I think. I yeah. think you need the action plus mm -hmm. the you need the belief and you need the positive. And you thinking. need the purpose to actually realize right. it, which is the way the book describes it. Right. Uh, and I know for me in the old days, for example, we used to when I used to shoot film. If I didn't have any gigs on the horizon, if I had mm -hmm. nothing going on photographically, I would run out and buy 20 rolls of film. That was, for me, the power of attraction, the law Correct. of attraction, because what I was doing is I was visualizing and believing that at some point someone was going to call, and at that point I'd have film and I'd be ready to shoot. But there are people in the world who certainly would think, well, if I don't have any gigs, why am I going to go out and spend $50 on film? That would be a dumb purchase. I don't have anything to shoot. But you're kind of setting yourself up to not have anything to shoot because you don't even have film if they called. Mm -hmm. So that's an example that always comes to my mind when I think of myself using the law of attraction properly, of acting. I'm acting exactly like I have a gig because if I had a gig, the first thing I'd do is run out and buy film. Correct. And since I don't have a gig, I'm going to go run out and buy film. I'm acting as if I have it already, mm -hmm. and that's part of what the secret says. Correct. But the secret also makes it sound like you don't have to go put in the 20 hours a day or and, whatever to and make things that's, happen. And that is probably, not probably, that's a huge disservice to um, everyone who's reading the book because we can right. all sit, we can all dream, right. but if you don't um, have a purpose in your action, if you don't actually act on it, It'll never yeah, happen. You can't just put that picture of the house on your vision board of the house you want and then wake up at noon. Right. And It'd be nice, TV. right? It'd be great. It'd be nice if it worked. Because I can I think, think of a whole lot of things, but you do need to um, put work into it. Right. Uh, what else was in the book that you liked? Uh, something else called The Impression of Increase, which I think a lot of us do. We do this without uh, thinking about it or even knowing that it has a name, right? And increase is what all men and women are seeking. It's natural to seek it. Uh, we wake up as human beings, we want to be better or at something or have more or do more, or whatever the case might be. And uh, let's say if you're working as a teacher, uh, the I'm stuck. If you're working as a teacher, you probably want your students to increase be better, their grades exactly, and increase their whatever their reading scores. Right, right, exactly. So every day you're working towards a goal, right? Either for definitely for your students, um, whether it's to a, be a better reader today, if you go from one level to the next, or to be better at math today, and you're also working at increasing yourself, right? To be a better teacher, whether your method, you might want to change it, tweak it a bit. Uh, so that you can reach your students a bit better, right? And when you talk to your teacher peers, you'll say, oh, I tried this today. Uh, and, you know, little Jimmy really uh, was able to really learn a bit better because right. I changed the See, way I, I did. something else away from that. Are you mm -hmm. finished with what you're saying Go about ahead. that? Okay, I'll tell you how I, how I looked at that. I looked at it like this, like because I'm looking at it from a photography perspective, is mm -hmm. that one thing you want to do is... It, well, it, you can look at it from any perspective, right? right. I just threw something out. I don't really care out. about the photography part. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I'm looking at it like they're saying everybody wants to increase. Meaning if someone right. comes to me, like the other day, um, I photographed a person who was going to be doing, I'm trying not to identify the person, so it's a little awkward the way I'm saying it, but I photographed someone who was going to be doing a retreat, and they're trying to recruit people to come to this retreat. So they wanted to shoot a video to promote the retreat. Okay, so 
I'm not looking to just do what they want me to do because this person, she has a plan in her mind of how this is going to be done. And you I'm have gonna, a better plan. And I have a way better plan than she has. <laughs> he always has a better plan. People. I do because I've shot a hundred of these videos and right. she's done. You have more experience. Zero. Exactly. Right. I don't do podcasts, so I'll get stuck while I'm speaking because right. I'm like, oh, what and do I say? this is number 59 for Exactly. Me. Okay. But so in any event... I am increasing her, I'm making her, by the time she leaves my studio, she's better mm -hmm. at promoting this retreat than when she walked in the door. And that's natural for me in the way I do it. And this is, you were actually here for this. I said mm -hmm. to her, okay, what do you guys want to do? She explained it and we filmed it. I put the camera on, I filmed exactly what she wanted. I mm -hmm. said, okay, and it was her and a partner. And I said, okay, now let's do it different. Here's what I want you guys to do. I want you to go back and forth. I want you to go, hey, I'm John. And then the other one's going to go, hi, I'm Tamara. And then we're going to go, we want to tell you about this great retreat. Yeah, what we're going to do is this. And we're going to go back and forth, back and forth. It's going to be high energy and it's going to be shorter than what they had planned out. Mm -hmm. Okay. I made them better in a sense that if they leave me now and go to someone else to promote this retreat, they're going to do it the way I did it because it was a superior method to what they did originally. Correct. What the book is saying is for me, I would normally just leave that there. I did my job, I did what they wanted to do, I did something better, I give them the thing, cash my check, all is good. What the book is trying to say is, since everyone's trying to increase themselves, since these people come into my studio and they wanna make themselves better, right. I should let them know, hey, I am making you better. By the time they leave, I should be saying like, wow, you guys did an amazing job but, on that. And it's interesting, but I translated it as uh, you made them feel as though they've increased, right? There's no right. need to really say to them, hey, right. now you're better because I've taught no, see, you I, how to do this. No, that's exactly what I okay. would say because I would not give them the bit. I'm not saying you're wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying difference of opinion on it. I would absolutely feel that I need to say to them, hey, you know, look at you. You guys are way better doing this retreat. Now, if anybody asks mm -hmm. you about this retreat, you guys are going to kill it. I'm going to put it on them mm -hmm. as if they're doing it, but I'm going to point out that you are better now leaving my how, studio. How would you point that Just out? Just like I said. Mm -hmm. but it's right, now, that's acceptable. But right. I think the way you explained it to me initially was almost like right. saying, I made you better. Well, I would like, be trying to slip that's... that in there, but the main point <laughs> is like, you know, look at you guys are like amazing. Well, like, you course, guys can do yeah. this promotion. But, but that's exactly yeah. the way it should sound. It's all like, like right. let's go back to the teacher example that I gave. Uh, so let's say the teacher modified the way he or she is teaching um, the students, right. and now they're better at math you know, the next week, she right. would point out and say, wow, you guys are doing fantastic. Right, but you also right? have to tie But they it. know that they're not just doing fantastic only on their own. Right, but again, right? if you don't point that out, they may not get it. So if there's no, a way yeah, to you, slip you do that point in, that out, definitely. But that, that you're responsible not saying, for that. hey, I made you better. Like, yeah. you know, nobody really responds to that. But I think really sometimes you can actually sort of say that. You can say okay. like, boy, you, boy, it's a good thing you came to me to do this video because I really moved you forward. There are times you can absolutely I don't know, people chime in. Tell us what you think about that one. Yeah, that's what I think. I, talk, I don't know if I would do that. And without, I worked with a jujitsu you know, guy the other day, and I was thinking after we talked about this particular part of the book, I said, "Man, you know, I should have said to him, did you ever think like you, I did a video on him, like a video profile, mm -hmm. and he gave me a ton of feedback on it. We've worked together a lot. He's very comfortable with me, and he's like, hey, this.' Is, I said, I want you to look at this. Tell me what you want to remove from it and what we need to reshoot. So I was completely comfortable with him having a really big hand in the project, and. He had these really detailed notes, take this out, take this out, let's put this in, let's put this in. And again, I left it at that. 
But I was thinking after we talked about this part of the book, I'm like, I should have said to him, should have actually said to him, man, you know, did you ever think you could actually direct one of these profiles now on another athlete if you want it? Because you're Correct. really good at this now. You're actually now seeing how to look at the video from a whole different perspective of like, mm -hmm. what is the story we're communicating? And is it being communicated? Is it the story we want to tell? And are we communicating it effectively? Man, like you could be doing my job now things like that I'm building him up but right. I am also trying to let him know that it's really because you worked with me that right. and, you have gotten some increase uh, in your life right and and the way the book um, describes it is exactly what we're saying here is uh, impress others that they will feel that associating with you that they will get increase for themselves that's great right, right. Um, and, because that's what it's all about right. you leave people better then you found that. Right. And it's funny because I think sometimes if you're on the outside trying to get in, mm -hmm. so you're standing out and you wish whatever you could work with Apple and you're thinking to yourself like, man, if, if I worked with Apple, my life would be so much better. And then you want to make that approach to them of like, oh my God, if you guys could just give me a job, you know, I could make some money and feed my family and I'd be so happy. I've mm -hmm. always dreamed of working with Apple. But you're not giving Apple anything when you do that. Right. It's the wrong approach. And if you look at the pickup community, I've shown you these videos a million times of these pickup artists. They talk about that same approach of guys trying to pick up girls. And if they come at the girl with this idea of like, oh my God, I love you. You know, if I could just date you, my life would just be complete. You <laughs> That's know, creepy. It's creepy because it's needy. You're right. saying what you need and you want me to make you happy or you want Apple to come in and fix your life, but you're not offering anything to them. And the thing is, is that you might think if you're just some person that Apple is not looking at you to make Apple better. Because you think Apple is so big, well, they're not looking at you to make Apple better. Apple is already this giant company. But the truth is, everybody is looking for that increase. Even a giant company like Apple, you want to be approaching them like, hey, you guys, if you give me a job, I can help you because I'm whatever, I'm mm -hmm. in touch with this community that you're not tapped into yet. Right, right, right. And I can be your lifeline to that, you know, or again, if you were trying to do that pickup artist thing to the girl and you're trying to say to her like, hey, my life is going somewhere and you want to jump on this train so you can go somewhere too, this idea of increase. But the point is, sometimes you do have to tell people that you have this ability to increase them. You can't yeah, just but it's not just about it. telling, you're also showing people. It's gotta be right? true. Yeah, it's you can't just real. come up and tell me. Like, no. you, there has to be something happening yeah. for you to be it's able gotta to, be real. exactly. But it's funny, but in the uh, Russell Simmons book, which I think is called Do You, which I thought was a great book, a very simple book. Mm -hmm. It's a book that I would recommend to someone like in high school about what steps you should take to become successful. Mm -hmm. He'll say things like, if you're working a crappy job, like you're the usher at the movie theater, you should be working. Be the best job. usher. A hundred. You would be the best <laughs> usher they've ever seen in their life. But don't go. Well, I want to be a rapper, and this is mm -hmm. a shitty job, so I'm going to do it halfway. And this book also gets into that. The science right. of getting rich also gets into right. that. And the right? Russell Simmons again. To me, when I read it, <clears throat> there was nothing in the book that I went, "Oh my god, I never thought of that." It's very simplistic. Mm -hmm. It's a book I'd recommend to high school, but it's definitely things people don't know. But he specifically talked about how people would approach. Or, or they know but might not practice, right? I think, so I, I think a lot of people, though. yeah, definitely I think a lot of people might not know these basic principles. Right. But I feel like a lot of us um, have been taught this, right? Let's go back to the school example, right? right? The teacher, or do your best, work your very hardest. You right. know, like we hear these things, but we don't necessarily practice them. Right. They're principles that we don't put in place. Right. Because, you, because, you know, society tells us that mm -hmm. ushers are, you know, it's a crappy job. So right. we're not going to go and do our best hey, there, I've had people right? In this so, studio, so that becomes the issue. You I've know, had people in this studio have an attitude like, "Oh, our client is only such and such," 
Right. So we only need to bring our B game. Right. And that doesn't work for and, me. And that, that is something. It's never worked for you. And I've right. always, like, admired that about right. you, right? Like, it doesn't matter who you're shooting. Right. You're giving them the absolute 100%. Exactly. Because yeah. if I can't bring my A game, then I just don't take the gig. Right. I just, I'm not going to, and at gigs, I will turn down. But if I take the gig, whether it's free, whether it's a thousand dollars, I'm bringing the A game. But um, but in that book, he talks about people trying to approach Def Jam, and it would just be that attitude of like, oh my God, you guys can help me, mm-hmm. but you're not really off explaining what you're going to do for Def Jam, and that was a turnoff to him. Right. So he's trying to say you do have to be able to show you can increase Def Jam if mm-hmm. you're approaching him. Right. So that's a kind of universal principle that you'll see everywhere um anything else you picked up in a book that you thought was uh, interesting? and lastly well lastly on this topic um the writer mentioned you giving people um a greater use value greater than the cash value you are taking from them so the impression of increase that you leave on them is actually a lot greater than it, whether it's twenty five thousand dollars whether it's you know fifty thousand dollars that they've paid you for a shoot the Incre- the impression of increase is actually going to be a greater value than whatever amounts of money you got for that particular gig, right? right. Because you've basically, what, it, what it's saying is you've touched this human, like you've left them better than when they came to you. All right, the last thing I wanted to mention, um, and this came in the very conclusion of the book, uh, the author wrote, guard your speech, never speak of yourself, your affairs, or if anything else in a discouraged or discouraging way. This is major and huge, because I feel like sometimes we can all be a little self-depreciating, right? Like we think that it's okay to do it. It makes sometimes make other people feel comfortable when you mention, um, you know, your hard times, whatever the case might be. But like this book is basically saying, don't even speak it. You know, it's funny because I think I, I, I don't do it in a sense, like in other words, let's say you see me in jujitsu class, right? Mm-hmm. I am never negative in a sense that if you go, how's it going? I'm never the guy going like, oh man, you know, man, my arm hurts, you know, and my wife's driving crazy, whatever. <laughs> like, I'm never gonna bring, that would never be true anyway. That would never be right? true. But <laughs> I would never, I'm never the person bringing down the mood with this kind of serious, type of, you know, oh, things are so bad for me. Never that, but Mm -hmm. this book also talks about that idea of that kind of self-depreciating humor. And I'm definitely guilty of that, because I might go, I don't know, man, you know, just trying to survive another round, you know, in this place, Mm -hmm. you know, trying not to get like choked out to death in the next five minutes. And the book is kind of saying, don't even do the self-depreciating humor like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, basically, because it becomes true. That yeah. will be your every day when you walk in there. You're really just trying to survive, right? right. You, you'll never get to the point of excelling or you, you'll never get to the point where you're comfortable even saying that you're excelling. It, and even goes with behaviors and relationships, right? right? Like the way we treat people becomes the just right. the norm, and right? I do this even thing if to it's you. not what we want to do, right. it becomes a habit. Right. And I always do this thing to you where like if you go like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Like you're coming home from work and I always go, oh yeah, yeah, because your job is so hard. Yeah, because you work so hard. I do work hard. Even knowing that you did work hard, you did your regular full-time gig and then you went to see some kids after that. She's a speech therapist, people. Mm-hmm. And then you went to see some kids after that and maybe right. you picked up Angelique. And in my mind, I'm teasing you about it. An excellent one, by the way. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. 
But and in my mind, I'm teasing you about it because it's my way of saying, hey, you do work really right. hard. That's why I'm making the joke. And come home, and, and home is another full-time job. Well, that's because you choose to make it a full-time job sure. by nagging let's, me and my daughter about let's start a fighting fork upon this left podcast. on the counter and three dishes in the sink. Oh, and, people. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, I'll wash the dishes during the daytime, and I'll just be like, if I spend three minutes washing the dishes now, I can save a 30-minute argument at like five o'clock. So let me just put it at three minutes oh, now. good podcast. Podcast okay. land people, but go ahead. Yeah, nobody cares about that. But <laughs> the only point I'm making is I know I'm definitely guilty of that type of self-depreciating humor, and it's interesting for me to see a lot of different places and sources say, right. "Hey, don't do yeah, that." Yeah, we we get that from every angle. Yeah, I'm gonna try yeah. to ease back on it. I can't say I'm gonna immediately be able to eliminate it, but I'm gonna see if I can kind of pull it back a bit because I've re- I've seen too many different sources say, right. "Hey, just drop the self-depreciating humor. It's not." beneficial to you in mm-hmm. any way shape or form and just right. kind of let that go yeah and just it becomes habit and you right. know and it's something that's hard to break so right. when the point is when it's not appropriate it's when we do it you know it's, there's a jamaican saying uh where you do a yard you do abroad meaning like whatever you're doing at home every right. single day right if you're not right. washing the dishes if you're sitting with your feet in the ca- on the couch right. if you're you know not eating with a knife and fork when you go out, when you're supposed to be making this great impression on people, right. you can't because you haven't practiced at home, right? right? You haven't done it every day, basically. Right. So that same self-depreciation that you practice every day, you'll impress on others, right? When you are in your place of business, place of work, whatever right. the case might so be. So I'm going to give that a try. Okay, I can't promise 100% success, but I'm going to give that a try. All right, um, All right. Last thing I'll say here, people, is um, if you get a chance, check out Tamara's blog. And I would say check out her blog because not because... No, I, I need to update it. Go ahead. Well, no, your heart gets updated pretty often. More than most people. Most people, you go to their blog. There's like three posts from last year. I would say you look at her blog, not because I think you're going to find it interesting. I, Not that reason. But because I think there is an, well, I think. <laughs> there is an authenticity to her blog. And it's interesting. Again, so Tamara is a speech therapist. So when she does a blog... She's not, she doesn't have a purpose for doing the blog in the sense that there's no... it's not a speech therapy blog. Correct. Mm -hmm. It's not, there's no agenda, and better still, there's no hidden agenda to her blog. So the blog is called Tamara Loves. It's TamaraLoves.com. One day I'm going to change it to TamaraLovesJohn.com, but (laughs) for now it's called TamaraLoves.com. And it's basically things that she comes across that she likes or loves. Right. So if we took just a quick few-hour day trip to... Where did we go the other day? Princeton or something? Yeah. Okay. We went up to Princeton. We looked at the college. And then we sat in like a little local like eatery and we ate. We went to the local bookshop and we drove home. Okay. To me, that's a kind of, it's a fun, cool family day. Mm-hmm. But it's a kind of nothing day that like I'm only bringing the camera to take a few pictures just so like it's not I'm not. a nothing day. It's just so. days that, that's not your ideal yeah, like, it's way not to spend the day. It's not something I'm going right. to really write about. It's like Sesame Place, people. He does not... Think yeah. Sesame Place is an ideal way to spend the day. Right, it's just like this uh, right. family thing. And if I bring the camera, it's more it's like I have something to do. It's not me kind of going like, oh my God, I want to capture this moment on my camera. It's more right. just like, well, give me something to do. I'll take a few pictures. But the point is, so Tamara will do a blog post about that trip because she enjoyed the trip. And hey, this is what right. I saw and this is what I liked it's about It's my it. ideal day. Right. But the point is, and this is really important for anybody blogging. There's no hidden agenda. In other words, she's not hoping that you read her blog posts and then you hire her as like a, tr- a travel guide. Right. 
She's not hoping you hire her as a speech therapist. The fact that she's a speech therapist, which is how she makes 100% of her income, never shows up on the blog to the best of my knowledge. The blog is 100% authentic. It's just, hey, this is what right. I like. The things I liked. And I only right. blog about things I like right. because I see no purpose in blogging about the things I don't like. Right, about the negative. <laughs> Whereas right, exactly. for me, I'll do 10 minutes about what I don't like about the like of marketing, mm -hmm. but you're doing kind of the opposite. Correct. Just, this is what I love. This is what I like. Right. And I think the reason that the blog... And, is successful, and I mean successful just being that's like authentic and true, mm -hmm. is because there is no agenda. And a lot of times people are doing a blog, again, when I blog, I'm just doing a blog so at some point they can get me work. Mm -hmm. It's the only reason I'm blogging. Right, but, but you and I are in different lines of business as well, so right. you know. So I just think it's an interesting blog for anyone who like is blogging and trying to understand how to do a successful blog. I think the number one thing you need to be is authentic. If you're just doing a blog to try to get work, which is the reason I'm blogging, mm -hmm. it's gonna show through, it's not gonna feel authentic, you're not gonna really connect with anyone. But if you can find something to blog about that is a little more authentic, you will connect to people better, and that's ultimately the more successful way to blog. So I've pointed out to some of my clients, her blog, like they're hiring me to take pictures for their blog, and I'm like, don't look at my own blog, <laughs> look at my wife's blog, because it's just an example of an authentic blog that right. does not have an agenda, it's not trying to sell you something or produce a certain result, and I think that's interesting. Oh, thank okay? you. All right, anyway, um, your Instagram is? Tamara NYC. I think you might have two Cs, did you fix NYCC? that? NYCC? Yeah, my no. daughter was on like three weeks ago. She barely knew her Instagram. Actually, no, she knew it. I didn't know her Instagram. Tamara NYCC. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. You'll or find NYC. Her. You'll find me. You can find her. Follow me and message me, and then I'll tell you where to find her. Mine, of course, is John Ricard, J O H N R I C A R D. Hope you follow us. Any comments, questions, please put them down there. I answer and respond to every comment you make on YouTube. So hopefully, you make some comments. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. All right. Bye bye.